The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I don't think I've ever been mad at you. I don't think I've ever been mad at you either. You holding a grudge, huh? I never heard no, of that. It's I right. How about a warm cup of shut the hell up? You've been fired. Boor's offense certainly didn't like uh, drop our draw our jaws. Bleh, 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 bleh. I love it when it's a podcast because I can say bad words and I can actually give you the middle finger. So hello, Mike Florio. How do you hello, do Chris today? I, I I need to amend something that was said on the way in okay last week it was true i had never been mad at you i'm mad at you today because this was supposed to start 10 minutes ago you're late tom coughlin if we're gonna do this we gotta be punctual because i got other shit to do oh okay well sorry first off you got mad at me on the podcast last week because you know i i called you out for texting and you had a personal issue and then you got very you actually got really mad at me so that actually did happen recently okay and for all those out there this is the PFTPM podcast joint collaboration with Chris Sims Unbuttoned. Okay, I just want to make it sure that you feel good. This is PFTPM podcast. Well, I, and all, 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 all I know is when we did the thing last week, everywhere I look, it's that goofy football head logo, which basically is about the shape of your head. Well, so it worked out very I, well. I know you and I know that probably annoyed you. That's why I'm going to talk about your podcast more than me, because I know you good. You're, you're snarky. Good. And that's the way, the way it is. But I want to tell you about this cute little podcast called PFTPM. OK, some guy does it out of his garage in West Virginia. Wait, is it Virginia or West Virginia? I always get it. Don't, Stop. Don't, Which one are you? Don't, don't, don't even start. Don't even start. Your invitation has been permanently revoked. <laughs> I knew somebody told me that that would annoy you. But you do have Jamal Adams on this week, which is cool. And then Juju Smith-Schuster. So two pretty damn good guests. I give you credit there. I just wanted to give your, your podcast some pub. But let's get into it. Thank you. Okay? Let's go. All, All right. right. Last week, okay, Mike, you beat me in everything. Picks straight up, picks with the spread. Okay, with the spread, you're six and ten last week. I was five and eleven. That's why we don't gamble. Okay, and I would never. <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. I would never that is gamble. The ultimate. Right. Do the opposite. Take notes as to our advice against the spread and bet the opposite on every game, and you will come out ahead. Well, and 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 okay, and that's it. But this is we're going to change it up a little at the end of the show this week and give our three best bets. 
because I think if I told some people my best bets from last week, uh, I think we would have actually steered some people in the right direction there. Now, I'm not saying all of us were right, but even just picking flat out without the spreads, you were 10-5-1, I was 8-7-1, so you had a pretty good week overall uh, just picking the games outright. But let's get it going. You ready to go? I want to get into the- I'm ready to go. Let's, let's go. do it. Here we go. We got Bucks panthers Thursday night football. Panthers favored by seven points over under set at 49 and a half. How do you see this unfolding there, Mr. Michael Florio? I think that this game is going to underscore the reality that Jameis Winston is not the answer for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to know by Halloween that this thing is done in Tampa for him. And it'll be interesting to see whether or not Bruce Arians at some point considers putting him on the bench for Blaine Gabbard or Ryan Griffin or whoever else he may bring in. I think that this is falling apart quickly. We saw it last week. We're going to see it again tonight. I like the Panthers with Christian McCaffrey, a healthy for now Cam Newton playing at home, second home game in four days. Can you envision the Panthers losing twice at home in that kind of a time frame? No. 30-17, to 17, Carolina Panthers, that's my pick. So Panthers, given the points, take them straight up, take them given the points. I like them both ways. Yep, okay. Uh, I, I like them both ways too, okay? <laughs> I like them both ways too. <laughs> but either is way. Is this how it's going to be? Yeah, it is. It's called the podcast. We're allowed to be silly. And then, you know me, some perverted thoughts go through my head. Every, <laughs> and pop uh, out of your mouth. And pop out of my mouth. But uh, I have some of the same concerns that you do. And it didn't look great, of course, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I, and again, you know, I know we've talked about this a lot already this week, but the Panthers, uh, I really think, shot themselves in the foot more than anything last week it was there to be had for them to win that game against the Rams either way give the Rams credit they pulled it out they win the game but you know you you talked about it I don't think we're going to see a rusty Cam Newton again for the second week in a row Uh, they're at home Thursday night favors the home team more times than not and I just think it's a better football team in Carolina I'm not going quite as high scoring with you but I do have the Panthers covering the spread I'm going to go 24 to 16 Panthers pull out a victory. They go one and one. And then, yes, the 0 and 2 questions start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we see eye to eye there. And we're both under, we're both under the 49.5 over under for what that's worth. And, you know, you mentioned Thursday night favoring the home team. Yeah. The Panthers had no travel obligation, right? right? They don't have to go anywhere. They can squat there. Not that the Buccaneers have a long trip to make, but still the Panthers in that compressed window don't have to worry about packing everything up and either coming home or going anywhere that it, that favors them as well. It's a real thing. There's no doubt. And I'm glad you brought that up because just think about today or, or I mean, yesterday is what I want to say. Wednesday. I mean, yeah, Carolina got to be in their own building, take their time, have a good day of meetings, probably a few walkthroughs. You know, the Buccaneers, they got in the building yesterday on a Wednesday before a Thursday game and okay, let's have some meetings and a quick walkthrough in the morning and then we got to, you know, kind of get packed up and ready to go and get on a plane. So, they're definitely going to be a few hours behind in preparation from that standpoint, let alone the travel annoyance. So, uh, good point by you. Okay, let's start off uh, our Sunday slate of games with a doozy, okay? The Cardinals at the Big Bad Ravens. Man, Kyler Murray going on the road across the country to play the Baltimore Ravens. This just in, the Ravens defense is better than the Detroit Lions. Uh, That is for sure. Ravens favored by 13, over under at 47. 
What do you think, Mike? What do you got? Well, this just in, the Cardinals offense better than the Miami Dolphins. Yes, and right. I think I, I, I see this line, Ravens minus 13. That is inflated by the 59-10 to 10 victory from last week. And this perception that what we saw last week is going to continue. That always influences the betting and thus in turn the line. I think the Ravens win this game. I got it 33-24. And part of that is wishful thinking on my part that it's a high-scoring, exciting game. I don't think the Cardinals can outscore the Ravens, but I think they can stay within 13. I think they can stay within 10. I think that if Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray get things figured out quicker than they did the last time around, that that it will be a competitive game. And remember, the Cardinals have Terrell Suggs coming back to Baltimore, and he knows a thing or two about that Baltimore team. Now, this is a different offense than any offense he was familiar with there, but that's going to give them a little kick, enough to keep it within the margin, that 13-point margin. So I guess I like the Cardinals against the spread, but I like the Ravens to win the game. I I get that. I think it is a scary game to bet on. Uh, I'm with you as well here. I like the Ravens to win the football game too. I'm going 31-19, and I'll say this to echo your point with covering the spread and you know I didn't know the spread was 13 until I just you know looked at it we started talking about it but the Cardinals I think are going to be a scary team to bet on because of what we saw last week that would scare me I mean I could certainly like I'm picking I like I said I'm picking 31 19 Ravens I could see the game being like 31 to 9 with seven minutes left and then the Cardinals are throwing every play and they get some late touchdowns or something like that but I do think it's going to look look like that in a lot of cases with the Cardinals because we talked about it during the week it's it's going to be tiring with that spread offense throwing the ball as much as they do chasing around Kyler Murray to where I think they will wear teams down on certain weeks to where they're just tired and defenses give up some cheap cheap points but I'm with you I mean the Ravens are a complete football team and certainly our biggest question was Lamar Miller, Lamar Jackson and the throwing. And that's certainly leading or started off on the right foot. Right. And I just can't imagine, you know, to Mike, I worry about the Arizona offense a little bit more than, of course, last week. This is not only a more talented defense with the Baltimore Ravens, every bit is creative on the back end, too. And because they're more talented, it allows them to be even more creative. And that is not a tough, easy stadium to play in, uh, even for a guy as cool as Kyler Murray. So, yeah, I'm with you. I go Ravens all the way there. And we got them both going over, though, right? You had what, 34? Both over. What'd you say? What was your score? I got 57 total points, 33-24. 33-24, and right, I got I got 50 on the dot. So, okay, all right. Let, but we're both let taking me, let the me Cardinals underscore. versus the spread. Let me underscore one thing you said, because yeah. in all that stuff you said, there was one very useful point, and I'm surprised there were that many. This is Blake Bortles' territory. This is the Cardinals are down and there's going to be a lot of yardage and a lot of points because the defense is going to soften up, right? So I think we're going to see this where a defense is going to come out, put the clamps on the Cardinals when they're playing it straight up. They build a lead, and then they put their their foot off the gas a little bit defensively, keep everything in front of them. Kyler Murray's just going to take it down the field, down the field, down the field, and they are going to get back into games or at least get within the margin right. of the spread even if they don't win. And remember, all those yards and all those touchdowns Blake Bortles racked up early in his career because of that dynamic, we're going to see that benefit the Cardinals. I, I think that's a very real point. There's no doubt about that, and that's why they're going to be a scary team to bet on. They're going to be fun to watch because of their late-game heroics, but it, it, they're going to be scary. All right, now, this is an interesting game to me. Okay, another 1 o'clock game. 
the Buffalo Bills going back to the same stadium they just played in, to, you know, so two weeks in a row, going to be there for the Jets' home opener, the Giants' home opener. Excuse me, I'm burping my coffee. Bills favored by one and a half, which I was su- surprised to see. Over under at 43 and a half, okay? I'm just going to say this. This scares me for the Giants, Mike. And we talked about a similar game earlier today, and we'll get to it later. But either way, this is why it scares me for the Giants. Just one quick point. The Bills won a football game last week where they didn't play good and really probably shouldn't have won in a lot of ways, you know, depending how you look at it. But either way, they pulled it out. And that's always scary to me. A team that can win a, wins a football game, right? So now the vibes are good. The pressure of the loss is not in the, in the building. Not everybody uptight, you know, so uptight you could stick a a lump of coal up there and a diamond could come out right on the other side, to to quote Ferris Bueller. Yeah, exactly. Cameron Fry. So that's not there, and yet they didn't play good. So they're going to be buckled in on the nuances and, ooh, we didn't play good, and if we do that again, we're not going to get away with that. I'm going Bills here. I'm just going to cut you off with this one. I'm going Bills 24-20 and winning for the second week in a row at MetLife Stadium. I got the Bills also, and I'm surprised that you didn't come up with some tie-in to the the Jeff Hostetler shaving cream game or something (laughs) like that. This is a rematch of Super Bowl 25. I almost picked the final score, Bills 20, Giants 19, just for, you know, shits and giggles. But I went 2017, which means the Bills cover. They beat the points by one and a half. I I like the under. I like a close game, a low-scoring game. But, you're, you know, th- there's something to be said for it. And this is where I think football can kind of spill over into, into life. When you feel like you've gotten away with something, right. whether it's a test, whether it's an assignment at work, whatever it is, hey, you know what? I should have lost that. I won. I kind of have one. You know, I kinda, I'm, not, I'm not too nervous because I kind of have I'm, – I'm on house money here for a little bit. Yes. And it does make you looser going into the next game. And the Bills are going to be right back where they were, same locker room. They were talking about leaving stuff in the locker room from one week to the next, and it's kind of like another home game. Yeah, so uh, I, right. I kind of like how this is setting up for the Bills, and I like them to win. Also, the Giants aren't very good, as we saw last week against the Cowboys. No, uh, no. I, and they, it worries me from the standpoint, of course, the, the Bills' defense is real. It is a really good defense. They have a great front seven. So I just can't see Saquon Barkley running roughshod all over that Bills defense, okay? Uh, you like that? You like that? And, I like it. And I even, am, though, even though that's really not the right, the right way to way use, to use it, it. That's the other thing right. we learned last week. Right. We learned what the word is, or at least you did. I learned... That really isn't how you use it. It's more of an emotional running roughshod over someone's feelings. Yes, right. So. Yes, yes, right. Thank you for clearing that up, Dr. Florio. But yes, you're, you're, you, uh, you know, and then the, the other thing that I think we were both concerned with the New York Giants, and we saw it last week, you know, okay, yeah, the offense isn't ultra explosive without Odell Beckham Jr. But the thing I'm concerned about with them, too, is their secondary. Their secondary is going to have matchup issues with teams that can throw the ball down the field and have a little speed at receiver. Now, the Bills aren't like the greatest show on turf or anything, but a guy like Josh Allen and John Brown, uh, they can certainly stretch the defense a little bit to where I look at that, and I thought the Bills' game plan last week on offense was way too much shotgun. Josh Allen, carry the workload. If they get a little more balanced, I think they're more dangerous, so we're both taking the Bills. I like that. We're on the same page so far with all of our picks um 
Now, one last, let me, let me yeah. just say one last thing about yeah. the Giants. Yeah, please do. At some point, we got to ask how good of a coach Pat Shermer is. Yeah, That's okay. all I'm saying. Right. Uh, because 11 carries last week for Saquon Barkley. Are you kidding me? Eli Manning over Daniel Jones. Are you kidding me? That That's a fair question. We've seen enough body of work from him that we can start asking Good offensive coordinator, maybe not a good head coach in the vein of a Norv Turner. Okay, right. that, that's fair. That's fair. I, I hear you there. And, you know, I'll just say this just to defend him a little bit because it's hard to defend him when you give Saquon Barkley only the ball 11 times. But the game did slip away from them in a hurry. You know, they came out the first drive. It looked good. And then all of a sudden the Cowboys just went on fire and they got, five, you know, five straight uh, touchdown drives to give themselves 35 points. That always does hurt the run game. But you're right. We're going to see. There's still a, a lot of things to be answered there in New York with the Giants. Okay, NFC East matchup at 1 o'clock. It's the Cowboys. It's the Redskins. Cowboys on the road going to Washington. Cowboys a four-and-a-half-point favorite over under set at 46-and-a-half. Okay, Mike, who do you like? I'll let you lead off on this one. I, you know what? On this one, I'm going to invite you to go first. Okay. You want to hear my what I got to say? I want to hear yours because I think I don't think you're going to be able to handle mine. I uh, want to hear yours. Okay. All right. Uh, well, first off, I'm going to I'm going with the Cowboys. I'm going to go 30 to 21 Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I of course you know was extremely encouraged with what I saw from that passing offense of the Dallas Cowboys. I worry about the Redskins secondary in general. Okay. I think they're another one where I look at it and I go, ooh, I don't think they can match up. Up with Gallup, Amari Cooper, and Randall Cobb, along with the tight ends and Jarwin and Whitten in that defense. They don't want to play man-to-man. They want to play zone. And a lot of years, I would have said, that's fine against the Dallas Cowboys. They don't have enough plays to beat zone and do stuff like that. Well, that's changed. Kellen Moore's got enough of an inventory of offense from what I saw last week to where they're going to be able to hurt you against zone, let alone they have the talent on the field to do it too. And then the run game, I expect to be that much better. This Redskins front... It is the real deal, so I worry about that a little. Uh, but then I'll just real quick on the other side of the ball, too. I, I just don't, you know, the Dallas defense is super talented. And Washington O-line plays solid. It looked awesome with McLaurin and what he can do at receiver. But I just don't know if I can sit there and depend on that offense week to week to have a performance that it had in the first half of last week. And that's why I go with the Cowboys 30-21. to 21. Well, you know, we talked earlier about the Bills living on house money because they pulled off one they should have lost last week. I'm kind of in that same vein because I went with the Titans last week and I didn't expect it to be the blowout that it was. So this is my upset special of the week. I've seen this movie before, whether it's the history of the rivalry where they play each other tough, throw out the records, forget who's supposed to be good, who's not supposed to be good. We saw last year on a few occasions where like when the Packers went to Washington, it's like, oh, the Packers are handling them, and Washington won the game. They, for whatever reason, even though that stadium is not a nice venue, for lack of a better phrase, I guess I can, since this is the podcast, I can say it's a shithole. It is a shithole. Right. They play well there. And here's the X factor. His name is Adrian Peterson. He was on the sideline, not in uniform last week. Darius Geis is out for a nice chunk of the season coming up. Peterson is going to come out there, and he is going to run angry. And I think it's going to slow the game down. It's going to limit the number of possessions the Cowboys have. And I think he's going to run effectively. There's still a chance Trent Williams is going to show up, although as of Thursday, he hasn't. And I don't think he will, even without him. I think Adrian Peterson is going to come out there and give us a glimpse of what he used to be. He's still good for it once in a while, but I think he can do it. 23-20, upset of the week. 
Washington wins the game. It stays. What's the over-under? It stays under by a hair. I like Washington. Okay. I, I, I Listen, I don't think you're crazy there. I'm not going to say that. The one thing I'll give you for the Redskins, they are not going to be overmatched up front, which is what Dallas does to a lot of football teams. I just think this is a different Dallas Cowboys team this year. We'll see. That's a good one. I, I have a feeling that's going to be one of your three best bets of the week as we go forward. Um, and uh, I hope I don't feel that good about it. All right, good. Well, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> I either tried way. to sell it as best I could. I don't know that it's one of the three best bets of the week. Okay. But, all right. What do we got next? All right. Colts at Titans. We got an AFC South matchup. Hey, Jacoby Brissett played well last week. We saw the run game of the Indianapolis Colts. Very impressive. The Tennessee Titans had the big upset, which you called going back to the schedule release. Okay. Defense was very impressive. Offense. Listen, I still got questions about that offense there in Tennessee, but there was still some good to take away from, from it all together. Titans are at home favored by three over under 44 and a half. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, I got this one right on the push. Titans 27, Colts 24. This is a rematch of the playoff play-in game from last year, but it was Blaine Gabbert, not Marcus Mariota, playing quarterback for the Titans. Mariota is still healthy, and if he would get injured, it's Ryan Tannehill, not Blaine Gabbert. I think the Titans will be fine, and I detected when I spoke to Kevin Byard, the Titans' safety last week right after the game in Cleveland, a level of confidence. I don't want to call it quiet confidence. It's loud confidence. They think they're in the process from going from good team to great team and it wasn't about the Browns. It was about the Titans. And he told me as soon as they get on the plane, they're focusing on the Colts. And I think they'll be able to beat the Colts. And, and we're all going to be reevaluating AFC South predictions after week number two because the Colts are going to be 0-2 and the Titans are going to be 2-0. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, We said all along that this was a tough division and that we wouldn't have been shocked. Who I think we both picked the Titans to come in last. We would not have been shocked if they ended up in the playoffs. There's, you know, All four of these teams have a very good roster. Okay, here's some things that jump out to me about the matchup. Um, the Titans offense, do I have question marks about it? Yes, I do. But I still liked a number of things that I saw last week. They still got Derrick Henry. They got two really good tight ends. And the addition of A.J. Brown and Adam Humphreys, I think, do ha help this football team out. I really like the way A.J. Brown looked, Mike. He was like a, a faster, more explosive Jarvis Landry type of guy. So that adds another element to their offense. The Colts' defense, they kind of play the same scheme as the Dallas Cowboys. It's not going to like over – they kind of just do what they do and they say – we do it good and we're not going to mess up. That's cool. I just don't know if they're talented enough to pull it off every week all the time uh, as far as the Colts. I still question the talent in the secondary for the Colts. I still question whether they have enough big people in the middle of their defense to stop the run game. You know, to flip it over with the Colts offense, their run game's legit. We know that. But I think the Titans can slow that down, too, because the Titans can play. They can put their corners in some tough spots, right? I mean, you know that. We saw their secondary. Those three guys, Logan Ryan, Malcolm Butler, Dory Jackson, they can match up with any three receivers in football. And Dean Pease can feel comfortable about calling man-to-man -man on certain plays to go, ooh, I want to stop the run game or I want to slow down the run game and put extra guys in the box. I can trust my guys to man up. And I still am not totally sold that the Colts offense and the pass department is quite the same as it was with Andrew Luck. So I, I'm with you. I'm going Titans, but I'm going a little closer here. I think the Titans win 19-17. Win I think we're going to see a little bit of a, a defensive struggle here. I just I don't I don't imagine 
a ton of points because I don't think the Titans offense is that explosive. And I don't think the I think the Titans defense is pretty damn good to slow down the Colts offense, which I think a lot of. So uh, that's why I go that. So I guess I'm you're, I'm under. You're the threading under. the needle, baby. You're threading the needle. This is a you're, tough you're, one. You're taking the Titans to win, but the Colts to cover. I am. I know, and I didn't mean it. With I don't a one and a half it. point spread. I know. So that just uh, I don't. That will not be one of my three bets of the week. I can no, promise I you that. No, I would have. I would. I would suggest that not be. No, it will not be. So, uh, but okay, we both have the Titans winning. And and yeah, Titans will be, if they win, they will be atop of the AFC South because the other two teams in the AFC South play each other as well, the Texans and Jags, uh, and they're both 0-1 to start too. So here we go. Next game, we're going to that game. Jaguars at Texans. It's the Minshaw show, okay? And the Texans, I was really surprised by this. Nine and a half point favorites. And I guess it's all about the quarterback, uh, and I get that. But they are on a short week, the Texans. Deshaun Watson's been beat up over under at 43. What do you think? Jaguars-Texans, where are you going? I am stunned by this spread. And like you, I don't look at the spreads. I look at the games. Yep. I come up with a score. And wherever the spread falls, the spread falls. Nine and a half? Are you kidding me? What the hell are they thinking? The Jaguars' defensive line is going to chew up the offensive line of the Houston Texans. Now, Deshaun Watson is still going to get rid of the ball quickly on occasion, but if he got sacked six times last week against the Saints, he's at least looking at six against the likes of Yannick Ngakwe and Josh Allen and Calais Campbell. So I, I like the Jaguars to win this game straight up. It, you know, th This is the easy one for me, and I I'm giving you a preview of one of my best bets. If I've got a team winning straight up and they end up being the underdog, give me that one any day of the week. I got 24-20 Jaguars, which, uh, you know, is uh, Jaguars versus the spread. Take them. Jaguars straight up. Take them. Yep. Okay. Uh, I, I Listen, I think you, you, you hit on a lot of the big points about the football game. First thing is. I worry about the Texans' defense, right? Texans, I, and listen, I know it's Gardner Minshaw, and there's certainly questions, but I liked what Minshew. I – Minshew. I keep saying Shaw. Minshew, I liked a lot of what I saw there last week from him coming to the game. Now, it's a different week. He's a starter. He's got to prepare for the starter, but I still think there's enough talent around him to where he doesn't have to reinvent the wheel, okay? I do question the Houston Texans' defense, okay? I question the secondary a little bit, and – I question up front. I think we saw the other night. They're going to miss Jadeveon Clowney. I mean, we didn't even – J.J. Watt was not even a thought in that football game. He was not even a thought. We heard, we heard his name one time when he got held around the throat by Ryan Ramchick. Exactly right. That was it. That was the only play he was elite. So I think you're seeing that effect already because he's not going to get as many favorable matchups anymore because there's nobody to be scared of on the other side. Whitney Merciless, good player. I don't think he's the stud he was three and four years ago. So I do worry about that aspect where I think the Jaguars can have some success against that Texans D. Now, I know Deshaun Watson is going to make some plays and make some things happen, and definitely there's no doubt about that. But like you said, I worry about the pass protection, and then Hopkins, Jalen Ramsey will be one of the key matchups of the game in general uh, to dictate who wins and loses. And if Hopkins kind of gets the best of Jalen Ramsey, I think there's a good chance they win that game. I'm going with the Texans here, okay? I'm going with the Texans to win the game 22-19. to I wanted to pick the Jaguars. I really did. But ultimately, I'm just picking the Texans because of the quarterback matchup, but would be absolutely shocked 
if it was by nine and a half points or more. I really would be. I'm not giving up on this Jaguars defense. They played the worst opponent you could possibly play to start a season off with Andy Reid, Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Watkins, all of that. So there we go. Uh, what was your final score? Mine is 24-20 Jaguars. So I am just a hair over, but eh, I don't know how strongly I feel about that. I feel more strongly about the Jaguars winning at a minimum covering than uh, than I do about the over-under. Yep, I, I, I hear you there, and I'm trying to figure out where the heck I wrote this down. But I have the under, of course, um, and where the hell is my pick here? I've lost my way, and I'm trying to figure out – oh, there it is. Okay, thank you. That's That, that summarizes so many things I've about your life. I've lost my way in life, in this podcast, and everything. I ha- That certainly has a chance to be one of my bets of the week. Okay, I'll say that much. All right. Oh, I didn't say Wait, my score. Wait, what does? I'm going the Jaguars. Tw- I'm you're going- talking about the Jaguars getting the points. Yeah, yes, I am. Yeah. But I'm picking Texans to win 22 to 19 only because of Deshaun Watson. I think he makes late game magic to pull out the game. Okay, here we go. Chargers at Lions. Chargers going up to Detroit. They're favored by two and a half points over under at 47 and a half. I am very, very concerned about the Chargers, not only because they're missing players, but their run defense, I mean, they've been abused the last two times they've taken the field in the run game. Last week, Marlon Mack ran everywhere. He ran rough shot all over him, Mike. And then the last time the Chargers were on the field was that was the AFC Divisional game, and Sony Michelle ran rough shot all over him, Mike. So I have a concern there with the Chargers. Who do you got here? How do you see it unfolding? Yeah, and meanwhile, you know, they say keep your head on a swivel. Melvin Ingram's going to have his whole body on a swivel after what happened to him last Seriously. week with the Colts and Quentin Nelson. My God, no more spin moves for Melvin Ingram. He came right out of that, and he got flattened like I've never seen a guy get flattened, especially a guy who's one of the best pass rushers in the game. Yep. That said, I like the Lions in this one. A lot of the reasons you're explaining – Run the ball with Carrion Johnson and C.J. Anderson. Just run it, run it, run it. Keep the offense on the sidelines. Too many injuries for the Chargers. Lions pissed off that they let the Cardinals back into the yep. game last week and tied it up. And st- and you know what? There's a little bit of that that Bills vibe with the Lions because they still should have lost the game. Right. Tremaine Brock had the ball right in his hands and it ended up hitting his face. All he has to do is grip the ball, step out of bounds, field goal wins the game for the Cardinals, and the Lions are 0-1 trying to put the pieces together. They were very lucky to get out of there with a tie. And I think in Detroit, Chargers traveling, Chargers banged up, Chargers not good against the run, as you said. I like the Chargers to lose 20 to 17 to the lions. And this is another one where, Hey, you're going to give me points and I already like that team to win. No brainer. Take the lions. Yeah. I, I hear that. Uh, I, I, yes. And you, you explained a lot of that perfectly, you know, again, no Hunter Henry, another weapon gone from that chargers offense. That does worry me. Okay. Uh, and I know they did some good things last week, but at some point, especially against a defensive coordinator, like Matt Patricia, He's going to take away Keenan Allen in certain big plays of this game. You can count on that. It's the Bill Belichick school of coaching. So who is going to be that next guy that can really contribute? Is it Benjamin? Is it Inman? I don't know. Um, So I look at that and do worry about that aspect. Also, I mean, if there's a weakness to the Detroit Lions, it's their secondary. And I don't know if the Chargers are talented enough to really expose that at this point. Uh, And the Chargers who ran the ball pretty well themselves last week, 
I, you're going to have – it's not going to be easy to run on the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions are big up front, and they, they can slow that down to where I think they can make the Chargers one-dimensional, throwing it too much, and I don't think that favors the Chargers. And I do worry about that Chargers run defense like you talked about. Yeah, it's been an issue. The Lions, the offensive line, I'm not going to sit here and say it's the best in football, but it's a good offensive line. And on Johnson's a hell of a back. And then with the new combination of TJ Hawkinson working the middle of the field off a of play action – I mean, that's what we saw in the playoff game last year too, right, Mike, with the Chargers? It was Sony Michelle run, Sony Michelle run. Oh, Gronk over the middle, Edelman over the middle, awful play action. I think we're going to see a lot of that similar thing. I'm with you. I'm going Lions 24-21. So that means I got them uh, on the under. And then, of course – We're both on the under. We're both on the under. And then the Chargers are favored by two and a half, and we got the Lions winning. So, of course, we got them covering. All right. That one done. Ooh, here comes the next one. Oh, Lambeau Field rematch of last year. It's week Mikey's, two. Vikings, same Mikey's, week. Vikings, 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 Vikings. Are you done? Yeah. The same week as last year. And remember that game? Kirk Cousins threading the needle. If he'd have played like that the rest of the year, the Vikings would have made it to the playoffs and they would have gone deep into the postseason. That that was the moment where it's like, hey, maybe they did the right thing paying this guy $28 million a year and then they had to start playing games at night and it was a different outcome altogether. But, Chris, I'm excited for this one. It should not be a 1 o'clock game. It should be a primetime game or a 425 p.m. Eastern game. This game's too big to relegate to 1 o'clock Eastern. You, you, ha- you gave the guy a compliment, but then you had to just you just you just can't help it you gotta you just gotta take a shot at him you just had you had to and oh if he played like this if my aunt had balls she'd be my uncle okay that's what my old high school football coach would have said and okay I want you to go first Mr. Viking how does Aunt, how does aunt Wendy feel about that comment when you make it well I, I think presence? she's I think she probably goes that's pretty real I mean if I did have <laughs> balls I'd be a man and I might be your uncle I think you know my aunt Wendy she's a realist she understands that aspect hey, of it. I, uh, <laughs> I I you know it's funny I see the spread here yeah Packers minus three they're the home team yeah home field counts for three right that means that Vegas sees these two teams as equal I don't see these two teams as equal, Chris. Yeah, I mean, last Thursday night, the Packers beat the Bears at Soldier Field, and the defense looked pretty good. But I still think the Vikings are the better team than the Green Bay Packers. And I think the Vikings cover and win straight up in this one. I got 23-20. We're going to see a lot of Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. We got a great matchup of two similar offensive styles. And... And how will a guy like Mike Zimmer deal with an offense that he's getting to know because this is the first year with that Gary Kubiak influence in Minnesota? Mike Patton, what will he do countering the Gary Kubiak, Kevin Stefanski offense that Patton now knows very well from dealing with it in practice with Matt LaFleur? And, and you know, I think it should be a good game. It should be a close game. Not as much scoring as last time, but no. still exciting. A lot of running of the football. And if it comes down to running of the football, the Vikings are better suited to do it. That's why I like the Vikings. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. He likes the Vikings. So that means put your money on Green Bay. But no. Hey, let me tell you, yeah. I would rarely, in a spot like this, my, my default is when the Vikings are playing at Soldier Field or yeah. when the Vikings are playing at Lambeau Field, they're going to lose. I really do believe that they're going to win this when I think they are the better team. And it's that simple. I, I think I, I don't disagree with you. I think in totality, the Vikings probably are a little bit better better of a football team totally I, I I do get that now here's my concerns the Green Bay defense is real I mean I think we saw enough I, I'm I'm at least going into this still saying this it's real from what I saw on Thursday night just looking at them in person and seeing the size of their front seven seeing the way their secondary does look it's special 
Uh, I still question that Minnesota passing offense. I mean, and of course, we didn't have to see anything last week, and that's good for them that they didn't have to show it. The game didn't dictate it that. But I question that passing offense even through the preseason. It still look Gary Kubiak can help the run game out. Gary Kubiak is not famous for his pass game. That's for sure. And neither is Stefanski at this point either. Plus, it's the Diggs and Thielen show. Diggs, you know, I know he played last week. And it doesn't sound like he's 100%. But if the, if the Packers are worried about the run game, they have the secondary once again to be trusted in a lot of man-to-man situations to where I think they can load the box and slow that run game up to a, to a degree. Now, the other side of the ball, I, I worry about the Packers' offense too. I mean, what's there to feel good about? I, I mean, I don't know. They just they won that game because Aaron Rodgers made three plays, and, then, and, and that was the only reason they won. It had nothing to do with the system, the, the, the players around them, any of that, and I really question that. Now, the, big, the only thing he's got a great advantage of is – at least with the Vikings and their front four, as awesome as they are, the Packers can pass protect. We know that, right, Mike? I'm, I'm going in the opposite end of the spectrum here. I think this will be a low-scoring, close football game, just like you. I'm going to take the Packers to win 20-17. to 17. You can't go against Aaron Rodgers two weeks in I a row. You learned it. your lesson last week. I you did. can't do it two weeks in a row. Yeah. I, however, can. Yeah, I and know. Will. I know you can. Well, it's like for you, it's like two quarterbacks you don't like, and you like to take a cheap shot at it. So you go with the one on your team, and this one it was an easy one for hey, you. Hey, hey, I'd like Aaron Rodgers a lot more if he was on the Vikings. I guarantee you that. <laughs> yeah. I'd like him a lot more than I like Kirk Cousins if he was on the Vikings. Okay, I, I, I hear that, but yeah, you're. I'm really basic football logic. I think this is a very even football game. I'm taking the Packers because they are home and Aaron Rodgers. I could see them losing, being down 17 to 13 with a minute 40 left on the clock. And then this is Aaron Rodgers got to make magic time and he makes magic and they score, you know, to win the game with, with 20 seconds left to go. Something like that. I really envision it being that type of football game. We'll see where it goes, but we both got a close one and we both got the under. You said what, 22 19 or what was your score? 23 20. 23 20. So you're on the under as well by just barely. But that one's in the books. Okay. Let's not spend a lot of time on this freaking debacle. I was just going to say, we do spend way too much freaking time together. I was going to say, let's not spend too much time on this one. Patriots-Dolphins. I mean, Patriots versus the Division Three football team now called the Miami Dolphins right now. Okay. As much as I think going down to Miami is a trap and all of those things, it's a trap when a team is somewhat good, not when the team is clearly the worst team in football okay and they're outmatched I give them a fighter's chance to slow down the Patriots for periods of time in the game here and there just because Brian Flores is going to know what to expect from Josh McDaniels but ultimately there's no way all right and I actually have the Dolphins covering the spread here. I didn't even realize wow. that. Well, I got the wow. Patriots winning 35-17. I think it'll be like 35-10, and the Dolphins get like a late touchdown to cover. But, uh, yeah, so I'm picking the Patriots to win, but got the Dolphins and certainly would not bet on this money, bet on this game with any of my money. I got it 45-17 Patriots, and I sensed last week a vibe from the Patriots, and you throw Antonio Brown into the mix. Now, it's gotten weird the past day or so with the off-field issue involving Antonio Brown, but I almost feel like it's 2007 all over again for the Patriots, where they are going to try to crush 
everyone, not just win by seven or ten. They are going to turn it on, and they are never going to turn it off. I wonder when we would see Jared Stidham in a game like this. How far out of hand does it have to be before he's put onto the field and maybe Bill Belichick keeps Tom Brady in the whole game remember those questions came up in 2007 why aren't you taking Brady out you're winning by 35 points well we're just playing the game and I I feel like the Patriots are going to try to morph into that vibe this year they don't want to lose on the road they know what that did to them last year going three and five forced them ultimately to go to Kansas City where they were very lucky to get out of there alive I think this year it's all about winning on the road and winning as big as possible whenever they can they're not going to let up there's not going to be a late touchdown there's not going to be a backdoor cover I think this one's going to be you know and as much as I it feels like a trap when you say 18 and a half I think it should be higher because I think it is going to be 20-plus points for the Patriots. Well, more times than not, when I do talk to my friends who are good gamblers and anything like that, when they say when they see spreads like this, they go, if it's 18-and-a-half, it's because Vegas knows something and just ride that wave and go with it. It'll probably be worse than that. And only reason I'm making it a close cover is I'm going to give Brian Flores like one or two stops maybe because he knows the offense. But – don't bet on that, okay? And if anything, bet more in Mike's favor on that one than in mine. That's for sure. I would feel more comfortable, really, if I had to bet money. I think I would have gone, okay, I'll bet the Patriots to cover rather than the Dolphins uh, than the Dolphins to cover. Okay, here we go. We got the San Francisco 49ers going to the Cincinnati Bengals, okay? The Bengals, you know, that 80s uh, rock band from New Jersey, right? You're finally saying Bengals properly instead of saying Bengals. That's the irony of your comment. You've been saying Bengals for two years. Now you're finally calling them the Bengals and you're comparing them to the Bengals rock band. I'm trying. And you're finally saying it right. I'm trying to say it right. And I know I usually say Bengals. And the other one that you you know it's really, you want to talk about something the Sims family messes up really bad? My dad, who's from Louisville, Kentucky, okay, he says Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, and he used to get made fun of on TV all the time. And I even have argued with him, like, Dad, it's Cincinnati. And he's been like, no, it's Cincinnati. Just, it's Cincinnati. He doesn't even want to hear it. The guy grew up right by it. He still doesn't know what the hell the city's called, but that's my dad, and he's a rockhead. 49ers. Well, so what do you think of the Cincinnati Bengals? I was impressed with a lot of the things I saw last week from the Bengals. You know, as you and I discussed a lot on PFT, yeah, we don't think the Bengals are going to the playoffs. I don't expect a great record, but they do have some talented players on the roster that's going to make them a pain in the butt in a lot of football games. And I think the big thing is Andy Dalton is just not going to – he's not going to win games for you, but he could lose them. And last week was a game – I know he threw over 400 yards, but he lost the game for them without because he couldn't make some plays in the red zone to score a touchdown and they settled for field goals and then he whiffed on a pass I mean they were throwing a screen when they were down on like the 19 or 20 yard line and he did the old throw went back to throw the ball and the ball slipped out of his hand and popped in the air and the Seahawks intercepted it where they were going to really be in the driver's seat of controlling that game Bengals home opener 49ers going across the country for the one the one p.m. dreaded Eastern time start. We saw they the, didn't go across the country. They stayed in Youngstown all week. Does that change your assessment? I did not even know that. I did not, and it does not change my assessment. It doesn't matter. But that's that's actually good to know. At least they're going to get used to that time zone. I'm going with the Bengals in this football game. One, the 49ers offense did not make me feel good. Uh, last week still, and I still don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. It's still a total work in progress. Yes, I did like the defense and what they did. Uh, 
But uh, th- th- this, th- th- there's no Jameis Winston on the other side this week. Andy Dalton might be good for an interception or something like that, but he's not going to screw the game up and throw two pick sixes. I-, I-, I'm, I feel pretty confident in that aspect of it. And Zach Taylor impressed me as a play caller. And the 49ers play that Seahawks scheme. And we saw that Zach Taylor has a pretty good understanding of that scheme. That scares me for the 49ers with the fact that I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. And because of that, I'm going Bengals 23, 49ers 20. Uh, simple logic for me. The, 40, the, the, the Bengals last week looked very good <laughs> against the Seahawks team in a very difficult spot. The 49ers aren't as good as the Seahawks. They're coming into Cincinnati, and I think the Bengals win that game 24-20. It could get even worse than that, but I think I'm going to go Bengals 24-20, so the Bengals cover the two-point spread. I got it just at the under, one point below, so it could go either way. There's always that late field goal that could screw everything up, but I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I do think the Bengals win. Man, we are... I believe we've just on every just straight up pick 'em, we've agreed on every game so far, right? Except for Vikings Except Packers and Washington Dallas. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Washington Dallas. You picked you picked the Redskins for the upset. Okay. Oh, I feel I'm feeling even better. I I mean, I feel better. Aaron Rodgers greater than Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott greater than Case Keenum. Sleep on that tonight. Okay. Now, Seahawks Steelers. Steelers looked like shit last week. The game plan sucked. The offense sucked. It was one-dimensional. I don't understand that. It's Defense like, sucked, too. Defense sucked. I mean, got just absolutely carved apart uh, by an offense that we know that's special. The Seahawks are not, of course, a special offense. They have a special quarterback. They can run the ball pretty well. Their passing game is it, – it, it makes you want more because a lot of it is Russell Wilson just having to make things happen. DK Metcalf certainly looked good. I don't know. Is Moore back this week? I should have checked that out before we started. Uh, the receiver, number 83. He, he practiced yesterday. Okay, that, that's a good sign because they do need him for another weapon on the offensive side of the ball. I'm scared in this matchup. You want to go first or do you want me to go here? Wait, wait. Are you going to change yours based upon what I do? Is that the game you're trying to play with me? No, no. I pro- I'll play that game with you. I I'm think not. the Seahawks are going to win. You I think do. the Seahawks okay. are going to win. Okay. Because I think the Seahawks are uniquely situated, and we right. see them go into places like Foxborough and win. I think the Seahawks can overcome that home field advantage. They're so used to having a home field advantage, I think they're very good at dealing with another team having a home field advantage. I don't think they're going to be intimidated by playing in Pittsburgh. I think they do everything the Steelers should be doing, run the ball and right. play tough defense. This They should just swap rosters. The Seahawks do what the Steelers should be doing, and the Seahawks do it better than the Steelers can do it, and I think the Seahawks are going to win the game straight up. I agree with you that the Seahawks will not be intimidated by this environment at all. I mean, they're they're you're right. They're one of the most fearless teams we've seen in football other than the New England Patriots. I don't think there's any environment we look at with New England. I mean, with that with Seattle, and we ever go, oh, they're going to be overwhelmed. Or this is going to be too much for them. Their coach, their quarterback, some of the guys they got on the team are just unfazed by that stuff. Okay, I'm going to go with the Steelers to win this football game. Don't feel necessarily real, real comfortable about it, but hear me out on just a few of the reasons why I think. One, Seahawks passing game, not that schematically creative. I, that favors that favors Pittsburgh, who Pittsburgh is their pass defense we know is questionable, but I just don't know if the Seahawks pass offense is creative enough to take advantage of it. Seahawks want to run the ball and out physical you and be bullies. 
that kind of plays to the the Steelers' mo too. The Steelers' front seven is still legit. I would have a hard time thinking that many teams are going to run the football successfully on them this year. Uh, so that aspect, I like the Steelers' matchup against the Seahawks' offense. The other side of the ball, I'm certainly scared about the Steelers' offense. There's no doubt. I mean, you said it. They need to run the ball more. They got that good offensive line. You know, we talk about James Conner. He's not Le'Veon Bell, but he's still a good back. Um, and the other thing I'll say about it that I think. I think the Seahawks system sets up a little bit for the Steelers as well. You know, that's Seattle defense. It's three deep, you know, cover three press man. They bail out. It's three deep guys. They got eight guys at the line of scrimmage. That allows itself for a lot of aggressive throws down the seams and outside the numbers, which I think plays into the Steelers' hands too. So I have question marks here. I'm not betting on this. I can promise you that. But I am taking the Steelers to win this game 27-21. Well, we both see a close game. And look, I think there's just going to be an attitude and an expectation that the Steelers are going to be able to show up and win this one because they're at home. It's their home opener, and they're licking their wounds from last week. I just think that the Seahawks are going to be able to ignore all of that, line up and play their style of football, and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because the Seahawks have to be a little bit pissed off about how last week went. You know, they're going to be a little salty. They they shouldn't have been as close as it was. We're better than this. And I think they're going to bring that little bit of an element, that little bit of an edge to this thing, too. And and they got nothing to lose because everyone's going to expect them to lose. Mike, all those points, I'm with you. I'm I'm scared. Like I said, I wouldn't bet money on this. I don't feel great about it. Uh, And I, I think your point again, you know, the Seattle, it's the same thing that we've already talked about with the show a little bit. You know, the Bills and who was the other team we talked about that didn't play their best that still won the game? Um, uh, I'm, we talked a little bit about the Lions, how they stumbled but yeah, still got out of there I'm, when they should have lost. I'm, they got lucky with uh, – you're talking about the Eagles. The, well, we yeah. haven't talked about them yet, but but you had said that during the show I earlier. I did say this show. They, but any team yeah. that wins, like you're saying, like we're saying, like Seattle, where they won the game so the pressure's not on the organization, and okay, they can feel good about that, but yet come away and realize, wow, we didn't play our best. There's a lot to fix. You know, that's usually a positive when you look at that stuff, that, that type of stuff. That's why, yes, I do. I do like. Uh, I mean, I, I'm scared of the the Seahawks in this matchup because of that. That is a scary proposition. All right, that's it for the one o'clock games, right? I don't um, think I gave. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, you didn't give a score. What was score. your Seahawks score? Uh, I gotta find it here. I'm scrolling, scrolling. God, there's a lot of games this week. When do they start the buys? Here we go. I'll be I'm happy when they do. I Pittsburgh can tell you that. Steelers. I got 1916. Seahawks Nin- over the Steelers. 1916. 1916. Seahawks over the Steelers. Okay, so you got a real yes. low scoring one there. Okay. I think it's going to be old school, grinded out, smash mouth football. Hey, you know what, Chris? I don't know. You don't. Do you drive very much? I do. Yeah, every day. You don't. Do you take road trips? No, I don't like no, road trips. You- Anyone who takes a road trip, you need to prepare for your road trip before your travels begin. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts. Simple preventive maintenance before you go will ensure a safe journey. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. Go ahead and sing the jingle. Oh, oh, O'Reilly Auto Parts. Auto Parts. All right. All right. Um, What else you got? I got to read, too. Okay, and this is just for a special friend of mine. Can you read? Can you read? I can read. You went to Texas. Are you sure? I can, but it's the PFTPM podcast, baby. I got to show it love because I do it on every one of my podcasts. I doubt you do that for mine. Hopefully you will be soon, but I do it for you. Every podcast, it's it's with that weird guy in his garage in West Virginia. Oh, that's right. It's you, Mike Florio. But check out... 
PFTPM podcast. Mike is amazing at not only getting guests, but always breaking down things that are going on throughout the league, especially this week with the Antonio Brown, New England situation. I know you're all over that. PFTPM. Jamal Adams this week. Juju Smith-Schuster this week. That's why they pay Mike. Oh, he's next week. Sorry. That's why they pay you the big bucks because you can get the big draws. Way to go, slugger. All right. Thank you. That's good. Now let's get back to work. Let's get back to work. Okay. Let's go to four o'clock games. Let's go into the black hole, the Oakland Raiders. They're going to mess with the the high-flying Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City favored by seven and a half at Oakland over under 52 and a half. What do you see, Mike? Short week for the Raiders. Raiders feeling good about themselves, maybe a little bit too good. Chiefs are unstoppable, even without Tyreek Hill. I'm sorry, 35-21 Chiefs. Last time they ever have to play on that dirt infield. And I know it's special for the Raiders. Like Derek Carr was talking about how it's the last season in Oakland and it was the first game. Well, that's right, but they still have other games to come after the first one. For the Chiefs, this is their last visit to Oakland ever. And also, setting all that aside, they are just the superior team. I think the Chiefs win this one easily. It could be worse than 35-21. Chiefs cover, take the over, and off we go. Yeah, uh, I I see it a lot of the same way you do, Mike. Uh, I I still question that Raiders defense. I don't think that's a special unit. You know, I think they had a a special night on Monday night against an offense that's not very good and still finding its way. Plus, they had, you know – uh, you always have a full off season to do things in week one. You can catch people by surprise. The Raiders offense, though, I will say this, that was encouraging. and But so was the Chiefs defense in the Jaguars game. I like the look of the new system that Steve Spagnuolo has got, in, got there in Kansas City. I think for the first time in a long time, they have a fighting chance as far as in the secondary talent-wise. And they have a front that can stop the run. And they haven't had that in Kansas City in a long, long time. I'm with you. I'm going Chiefs to win the football game. I got them covering two. Not as much as you do, though. I'm going 38-28 just because I don't totally trust the Chiefs defense yet. I like what I see, but I'd like to see another week before I can say, ooh, they're going to just hold teams to 20, 21 points. So I go 38-28 Chiefs. Anything you want to add about that matchup? No, I, I mean, I, this one to me is one of the easiest ones of the week, and it may be one of my best bets because I just think the Chiefs look too good. And I'm still – I just think, that, hey, the Raiders beat the Broncos. I have a feeling the Broncos aren't going to be very good, which explains why the Raiders pulled it off. So I think we're good on that one. Yep, okay, cool. All right, so now we're going uh, Bears-Broncos, the Vic Fangio ball, Nagy versus Fangio in Denver. Denver, not an easy place to play. You know, the matchup of those two minds should be crucial to this football game. Bears favored by two and a half on the road at the Broncos. 40.5 is the over-under, so the bookies are, or the, the line setters are not looking for a high-scoring affair, and I don't imagine it being a high-scoring affair. Mike, who you got winning? I like the Bears in this one just because they've got the superior personnel. Vic Fangio knows the Bears personnel very well. But if you don't have players who are at least close to being as good as your opposition, it doesn't matter. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. He's going to know what he wants to do, but he doesn't have enough guys who are able to pull it off, as we saw on Monday night. And you also have the short week for the Broncos coming from Oakland back to Denver. You have the extra days for the Bears because they played on Thursday. That means something. And Matt Nagy knows Vic Fangio as well as Vic Fangio knows Matt Nagy. And I think that neutralizes itself. It comes down to the players. There's going 
going to be a greater incentive for the Bears to show that what happened last week with only three points against the Packers was an aberration. Oh, and by the way, maybe they'll trust Eddie Pinheiro at the higher altitude than they didn't trust him last week with a 53-yard field goal because his range before the game was just at 52. His range will be a little bit more than that in Denver, which puts them in that bubble to score more points, get more out of their drives, and uh, this time maybe get at least one touchdown as they try to crack the Denver defense. So I like the Bears to win this one. Initially, I'm thinking Broncos, but after seeing the Broncos Monday night, I like the Bears 27-17. So the over and the Bears, and they're given, they're only given two and a half, which uh, kind of surprises me, but maybe based on what we saw last week, we shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's just too many question marks with the, both of these offenses right now. I, I mean, I'm with you too, Mike, and the fact that the Bears are the better football team. There's no denying that. The Vic Fangio aspect of knowing Matt Nagy's little – intricate details of his offense and what he likes to do and a certain rules that he might like to apply with certain blitzes and things like that definitely scares me. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think ultimately, yeah, I see the Bears defense really giving the Broncos offense a tough time. I mean, we just we just talked about, you know, the Broncos offense certainly still finding its way. Um you know, they got Sutton at, at receiver who's who's very talented. I like him. Emmanuel Sanders looked pretty damn good for a guy coming off an Achilles tear. Who's, who's the other guy going to be? Can their O-line hold up? You know, they got to play a D-line last week in Oakland. That's There's nothing special about that defensive line. They play hard. This week, there's a lot special about this Bears D-line. I worry about that aspect, too. I'm going Bears, okay? Uh, I'm going Bears in a really close one, 17-16. And the only Ooh. thing that scares me is Matt Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky just trying to prove the point that they're offensive geniuses of the world and, ooh, our offense is special. Hey, you know, play to the strength of your team. Play to win the game. And I just, that's the only thing that scares me. I hope that the, you know, the Bears aren't a little bit like, oh, we're going to go out there and put on a show as usual. I hope they're prepared to win a 16-13, 17-16 type game, which they might have to, because I don't think that the Bears offense is going to be able to move the ball consistently on that Broncos defense either. So I got the under at 17-16, but have the Broncos covering, oddly enough. Uh, and that should be that. Anything else you want to say on that game, Michael? No, I, 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 you know what? It's a shame that this game's going to be on at the same time as our next game is on because I'd really like to watch it more closely. Yeah. But all eyes are going to be on L.A. and the game that really is the game of the afternoon. Yeah, go ahead. Hit it off. Start it off. I mean, we got Saints Rams at two at and a half. the Rams. Right. Yeah, and, and the Rams are two and a half point favorites. This is the rematch of the NFC Championship game debacle. A lot less on the line, but this is one of those early season games that could resonate into January because whoever wins this game is going to have that edge if they finish with the same record and we figure out seeding and it could be the rematches in LA or New Orleans based on how this game goes. So I I think it is an important early season game. It's an opportunity for the Saints. Short week though, making the cross country trip. They stole one on Monday night, yep. even though they they you know they they had it, they lost it, they got it back. I like the Saints in this one. I still don't believe that the Rams are going to be, be as dynamic as they need to be. They should have lost to the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers shot themselves in the foot. I believe in Sean Payton. I believe in Drew Brees, except when he has to throw the deep ball. And I, I think they win thirty to twenty seven. Wow. Well, we have the same exact score because I have thirty to twenty seven Saints as well. I'm with you. Oh wow. Yep. Um, you know, the, the Saints, their O-line's phenomenal. 
I have a hard time thinking that Aaron Donald can ruin the game like he does against most teams. That's just not going to happen. There's a reason we never heard J.J. Watt's name last week because they can handle him. I mean, it's great tackle play, great guard play, great center play. The Saints O-line is one of the best in the sport. They can run the ball. They can find a million different ways, like we saw in the NFC Championship game, to throw the ball to Alvin Kamara. And, of course, they have Michael Thomas, but they have another weapon in Jared Cook who, you know, didn't have a huge role in the game the other night, but I just think it's only a matter of time before he does, and this could be that week. Um, I think on the other side of the ball, this is the one thing that scares me in this game if I'm the the Saints, and, of course, I'm picking the Saints to win. uh, Is the Saints play too much man-to-man, Mike? They're too aggressive. As we saw at the end of the game situation there, I mean – the only guy Deshaun Watson throws the ball to is DeAndre Hopkins, and they're playing bump man-to-man on him with 50 seconds left when they're backed up, like basically like daring the team to throw the ball to him. I mean, hey, listen, I think a lot of Marshawn Lattimore, but just to put him play that type of press man-to-man in that situation is dumb defensive coaching and dumb defense in general by Marshawn Lattimore to even let an offense have the opportunity to make that big plays or the big plays we saw at the end of that game. But I do I think the Saints are the better team. And yeah, I'm not totally sold on the Rams yet. Rams won last week. I give them credit, but I don't think it was beautiful by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I go Saints, you know, going across country. And of course, getting revenge. They're going to be the more pissed off of these two teams in in a little bit of a rivalry right now in the NFC. Yeah, they can say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's in the past. It's in the past. Bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. They want to beat the Rams. That's right. Okay. Sunday Night Football, we'll be here in Stanford, Connecticut, doing the pregame show, doing all that. We got Eagles, Falcons. Falcons looked like crap last week. We saw that. They played your Minnesota Vikings. They couldn't pass protect. Matt Ryan had one of the dumbest days of his career. Uh, They had a punt blocked. Their defense got run on by the Minnesota Vikings offense. Big Bad Eagles, they, you're right, were one of those teams that we talked about, like the Bills and the Seahawks, who won a game where they didn't play their best. So they're going to be all over the details, yet without that pressure of the loss, they're dangerous that way. Eagles favored by one and a half on the road for the Falcons' season home opener, over and under at 50.5. What do you got, Michael? You know, I almost feel like in a weird sort of way, the Falcons are experiencing what the Seahawks experienced after they blew Super Bowl 49. The Falcons blew Super Bowl 51 in a very different way. But 28-3, to the, the championship is there, right? right? You just have to watch the clock run out. And they fell apart. They allowed the Patriots to get back into it. They made that horrible decision to pass and not run the ball when they were closing in on a field goal that would have put them up by the decisive uh, 10-point margin, I think it would have been, would have put the game out of reach, would have made it impossible for the Patriots to tie it up and force overtime. And, and I almost feel like you need to purge the organization. Now, not entirely, but you need, you need some major turnover. You need to wash that taste fully out of your mouth before you can move on. I just feel like this team has had a hard time getting back to center and getting but now that I know they made it to the playoffs the next year but they looked not very good against the Eagles in a game that they should have won they were the better team especially with Matt Ryan versus Nick Foles that day yeah but I just feel like they're having a hard time getting their legs back under them and it's almost like they're waiting for that axe to fall on Dan Quinn or on someone else and it's just move on and, and just a new a new breath 
of fresh air into the organization. I just, I just think this is going to be a long year for the Falcons. It was an ugly opening game, and I know it would have been hard to win in Minnesota week one, but I think they're going to lose this one to the Eagles, and uh, they're going to fall to 0-2, and they're going to get desperate very quickly, especially as they see the Saints possibly going to 2-0, and yep. the Panthers or the Buccaneers at 1-1, and and you start seeing you know, the, the everybody fading in front of you, and uh, I, I just think that this could be a long year for the Falcons with big changes after this season, and uh, I, I think the Falcons lose this one. What do I have? 27-21. Okay, all right. Yeah, so this is, a, this is a big game for the Atlanta Falcons, and I think you're spot on about the things with the Falcons organization. How can Arthur Blank be totally happy with things that are going on there? He's paid Matt Ryan. He's paid Julio Jones. He's paid Devontae Freeman. He's paid Grady Jarrett. He got a new stadium, and he wants a winner, and they've done anything but that, really, since they lost that, that Super Bowl, uh, and, and I'm concerned about the Falcons. First thing I worry about with Falcons offense versus Eagles defense the Falcons, they lost their starting guard, first-round pick Lindstrom out of Boston College this week. Their offensive line was already an issue. It was an issue last week. It was an issue in the preseason. Oh, that's great. Yeah, the Eagles don't have any good defensive linemen or anything. Oh, that's right. Their defenses, defensive line, even without Malik Jackson, is one of the better ones in all of football. So that scares me about Atlanta. Now, what scares me in that Atlanta offense versus that Eagles defense is just this one little thing. Jim Schwartz, like we saw early on last week in the Redskins game, can be too over-aggressive at times. He just goes for the, the jugular too much. And within that, he'll leave his guys in some very vulnerable positions. And that's why we saw the McLaurin kid at Ohio State from Washington Redskins last week catch a few bombs where – He's going for the kill, and I want to go. They can't move the ball. You're you're basically giving them the get out of free jail card to just take a shot up in the air. So I do worry about that, especially with Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones and Sanu. The other side of the ball, the Eagles' offense. I just think here we go. I think it's going to be a special year for that offense because Carson Wentz refocused with all the things he's had to deal with. But Deshaun Jackson, offensive line's healthy, okay? They got everything you want. System's good, and now they finally have a guy that can go deep to take a little pressure off of the system, and their whole line is healthy, and they can run the ball any way they want. I think this game's going to be close because I think the Falcons are desperate, and it's their home opener. But I, like you, Mike, I'm going Eagles 27-24, uh, and pull off the victory on Monday Night Football. And I really think it might be like a 27-17 type game where the Falcons score with two minutes and 20 seconds left and try to kick an onside kick or something like that. That's kind of how I envision it. But I think the Eagles will control the game. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely on that one. So wait, you have who, – who's favorite in that? The yeah. Eagles are one-half point favorite, well, yep, so you've so got the, the Eagles, Eagles covering are, in. They're covering, right. They're covering. It's, it's a tight one, but they are covering, yes. Um, okay. Here we go. Last game, Monday Night Football, Browns, wait, wait, Jets. Wait, wait, don't you have a read to news. do? Yes. Don't you have a read to do? Uh, oh, that's right. I forgot. We got to do our, our uh, promote our Sunday Night 7, okay? Which is really a cool thing for the Sunday Night 7. Anybody watching, it's a sports predictor. It's free. It's easy, okay? And if you can count to seven, you can pretty much play and have the possibility of winning $2 million, Okay. And you can not win. this week. A hundred thousand a week. A hundred thousand a week is what you can do. Two million in total if the year goes as planned. But it's cool. I mean, it's just about things like who will have more passing yards, Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz. Who scores the first touchdown of the game? And there'll be a number of players laid out that way. Or you could take the field, whoever it may be. But it's a good way to interact with the game. NBC should be fun to watch, and um, winning money's always cool. So that's. 
that's that it. So who do you think has more passing yards this week? Wentz or Ryan? Let's just give a little taste of that. What do you think goes on there? I, you know, we talked about this earlier on PFT Live. I've thought about it a little bit more. I probably go with Carson Wentz. I, I, I know. It's a tough yeah, one. It's a tough yeah, one. It is because I could see both of them having 350 plus yards. But right. I, I, Carson Wentz is the MVP candidate. Matt Ryan had those ugly interceptions last week. You know, maybe that makes him buckle down and work harder this week against a defense that may not be as good as the Vikings defense. But I, just, I got a lot of faith in Carson Wentz. For me, if he stays healthy, he's on the short list to be an NFL MVP. It's yeah. all about staying healthy. Yeah. I, I agree with that statement totally. I guess I would I'll take Matt Ryan for passing yards. I don't feel good about that. I don't know if it's gonna be quality as passing yards as Carson Wentz. I think that there's a good chance Matt Ryan could get some like late game bullcrap numbers too in this one to where he passes them up that way. But I worry about the Falcons' ability to run the ball in this game to where they're gonna to have to become pass happy. Okay. Now we got breaking news. Browns Jets. Monday night game, huge game for both. Sam Darnold out. We just found this out as we started the podcast. He's out with an enlarged spleen, which is just one of the symptoms for mono. Okay. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is questionable with an MRI on his shoulder. So this is changing a lot of things. And that's what happens when you haven't played football in a long, long time. You take a bunch of shots on your shoulder and then you wake up on Monday and you go, shit, it hurts playing football. And I'm sure that's what Le'Veon Bell is going to have to get used to a little bit. Is just his body's got to get back into running back shape, as you and I have talked about a million times. The Browns were favored by two and a half points. Now they're favored by six. That's Sam Donald's out. Trevor Simeon's the backup quarterback. I think Trevor Simeon is one of the better backup quarterbacks in football, Mike. I mean, he's got starting experience and had some moments of we going, wow, can this guy be a legitimate starter in the league? But now with these developments, what do you think is going to go on, big guy? You know, I had the Jets winning 24-23 before these developments. And my, my analysis focused on Greg Williams, yeah. the defensive coordinator of the Jets, right. his knowledge of the Browns, the fact that he is going to be pissed off that he didn't get to be the head coach of the Browns, the fact that the offensive coordinator that he didn't even pick to be the interim offensive coordinator and Freddie Kitchens got to be the head coach of the Browns. My guess is Greg Williams knows that maybe Freddie Kitchens isn't quite head coaching material, or at least thinks that whether right. he's right or not doesn't matter but Williams is probably thinking this guy shouldn't be the head coach of a college team much less the Cleveland Browns and I think the matchup here to watch is the Jets defense against the Browns offense and I know that in the secondary especially at the cornerback position you could argue the Jets are overmatched by Jarvis Landry and Odo Beckham Jr. but I think Greg Williams is going to come up with something and if the front seven can get to Baker Mayfield it doesn't matter if Odell Beckham Jr. is running free. And we saw how bad the offensive line was last week against the Titans. They could have some of the same struggles this week. And I think Greg Williams is going to know how to penetrate it. And I think, look, this takes all the pressure off the Jets, right? You're right. All of a sudden, the sky's falling. Nobody expects them to win this game. You think Adam Gase is going to react to this by saying, oh, well, we're just going to be 0-2? Or is his attitude going to be, let's go, let's do this? He's gone through adversity in Miami year after year, week after week, game after game. I'm sticking with my pick. Jets 24, Browns 23. Holy shit. Okay, we're officially in fucking Crazyville, and he lives in West <laughs> Virginia. Okay. <laughs> um, 
I mean, I'll agree with you that Adam Gase ain't going to fold the tent or give up. I mean, that's for sure. And Greg Williams is certainly going to have a chip on his shoulder and want to prove that Freddie Kitchen shouldn't be the head coach. And I, I mean, your points you make, they're real. I worry about, you know, the Browns' ability to protect, especially when they blitz. And the Browns last week got shotgun happy, got pass happy. What made them good last year when Freddie Kitchens took over as the play caller is he did stay patient with the run. And he did a lot of things off of play action, off of that successful run that made it hard. If you want to slow down a blitzing defensive coordinator, the best thing to do to slow him down is scare him with the run game, get in some of those power run formations. And now the defensive coordinators get scared of blitz because they go, ooh, you know, if my two blitzers get stuck in the same gap, then I don't have a guy for this one other gap, and all of a sudden that could be Nick Chubb running for a 70-yard touchdown. That's got to be scary. So I, I want the Browns to be a little bit more balanced. I will say this. The Browns' defense played pretty good last week, and there's not a lot to be scared of on the Jets' offense in general, especially if Le'Veon Bell's not 100%, and Quincy and Noon was out. So that scares me on that side of the ball too, and I think Freddie Kitchens has a slight advantage in this matchup between him and Greg Williams. I'm going to go with the Browns. I was picking Browns 24 to 17. Uh, so I have them covering them, the new spread, the old spread, whatever it may be. Uh, but ultimately, I think what I look at, Mike, is Jets are, I think, a mismatch at secondary. And the Jets' front four is not a great pat. They're going to have to blitz to create pressure. And I think that could leave some issues in the back end for that secondary to where Baker kind of gets back on track. I'm going Browns 24, 17. All right. All the pressures on the Browns. It is. There's no doubt. It was before it's even more. So now I really do think, I think the jets are going to win. Okay. All right, cool. You're allowed. You're allowed to think that. Oh, here we go. Now we, we know how Sam Darnold got mono. Are you carrying it? No. Okay. It's a joke. Jeez, I was serious. I thought, sir, I was like, wait, did Demarius Thomas really go to the Jets and have mono and pass it along of it? That would be like the ultimate, like also like game planning right there. Yeah, sure. You can have our player that has mono. We'll send them to you. I mean, I never put that out of the realm of possibilities with the Patriots. Here's the thing though. It is highly contagious. And I think we have to watch now for whether or not any other Jets players end up developing it in the next week, days, whatever. Definitely. All right. All right, we're going to do our best bets. Three best bets. Uh, what you got, Michael Florio? What you well, doing? Well, let's do one each. Let's do one each so I have time to think of my second and third one while you're doing your first one. Give me the Jaguars getting nine and a half. Okay. Final I'm, answer. I'm on that with you, too. So the, I'm there all the way. I'm taking the Texans to win 22 to 19. I don't even feel that comfortable with picking them to win the game, but I would be absolutely blown away, fucking shocked, okay, if the Jaguars lose by nine and a half points. So that's definitely one of my bets. Go to number two. Who you got? Chiefs giving the Raiders seven and a half. Book it. Ooh, baby. Okay, Mikey Likey. He likes the Chiefs. I'm scared of that one just because I don't totally trust the Chiefs defense yet. I'd like to see another week before I crown them like, like officially better from what the shit I saw last year. My second one will be the Detroit Lions, who are playing the Los Angeles or Los Angeles Chargers. Lions are at home. Chargers are favored by two and a half, and I don't think this is a good matchup for the Chargers. I like that as my second bet of the week. I think the Lions win the game outright and, of course, cover the two and a half spread. 
Yeah. Uh, now it gets a little difficult. Yes, you know, it does. And, and I'm, I'm going with my, my basic position. If I think a team is going to win outright and they're getting points, then that is a team that I should take. So it's either the Seahawks or the Vikings for me. I'm going Vikings. Okay. No, 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 no. Yeah, Vikings. Vikings at Lambeau Field. They're the better team. They should keep it within three. They should win the game outright. Final answer. I'm a little nervous because I don't know how much I'm – no, I'm always down on the Vikings. If I think they're going to win, that must mean they're going to win, Chris. Vikings getting three, final answer. Yeah, I don't know what you did or what, what you put in your pipe this morning, but you've been nice to the Vikings and saying good things about Kirk Cousins. So, uh, I don't know. You're- I have. You're, you know what? Well, yeah, to a degree. Wait, I guess. let me let me check. What times the game start? One p.m. Eastern. Will it be dark at any point during that game? No, Vikings win. Oh, and there it is. Bam! He yeah. hits you on the way out. Kirk Cousins. Thank you. Um, I hope he calls you out for smashing eggs on your head again this off season. Okay, my third bet. I like. I just wonder if you missed this one because this is this held to your thing too. I like the Saints. That's going to be my third bet. I think the Saints are going to beat the Rams in L.A. straight up. The Rams are getting a two and a half point, uh, you know, are favored by two and a half. So I like the Saints. I, I do. I worry about the Saints being a little too over aggressive on the defensive side of the ball. If they don't do that, I do think they'll win a game where they're going to be motivated, pissed off and want their revenge from next year. So those are the, my three bets. Lions, Jags, Saints. Your three bets are Vikings, Jaguars, Jags, there you go. and the Kansas City Chiefs. So this will be interesting. Yes. We'll see how it goes. I hope I beat your ass this week. I don't like that I lost to you last week. It really pisses me off. Uh, we need to keep we need to keep a separate tally of the best bets too. We're gonna keep it all tallied up. We got that. But I hope everybody enjoyed it. Our little joint hey, wait, collaboration. Wait. Let's, what? Let's 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 talk. Let's talk before we go. Since this already has taken a lot longer than I thought it was going yes. to, in large part because you were ten minutes late. Right. Let's let's unpack a little bit what this means for Sam Darnold to have mono. You played quarterback, right? And and I mean, I I, I don't know how long this lasts. I remember when I was a kid, if somebody got mono, it was like a six week thing. I mean, this hurts the Jets. I know Trevor Simeon is not a horrible backup quarterback, but if he's got to play for two or three weeks while Darnold gets better, I. You know, do, do the Jets just fall off the face of the earth, or do you think there's a way, relying on that defense, relying on Le'Veon Bell if he's healthy, uh, that they can stay competitive? I think they can stay competitive. I think the Jets are in trouble anyways because of their schedule in general. I think that's it's scared. Whether it's Sam Darnold or Joe Namath who come back to play, it scared me from that standpoint. I don't think their offense is going to fall off the earth. I. I know that Trevor Simeon impressed some Jet coaches there throughout OTAs in the preseason, so it's not like they have to change their offense. But I do watch, you know, to answer your question, wonder what it means for Sam Darnold. I mean, I'll tell you, the first thing that went through my head is I'd like to sit here and think you could play through mono. I, I was like, well, I would, I would play. I mean, but I don't know anything about that. I'm just saying that I, I have no no knowledge of really what it, I never had mono. I never knew what it felt like, and I don't know, you know, what uh, someone does feel like whether you can go out there and, and compete on it, a week to week basis. It puts you on your ass. Yeah, it puts you on your. I've oh, never had that. it. Right. But it, yeah. I mean, you're just you have no energy. You, you can't you can't get up you can't you can't get out of bed you if you're on a couch you can't get off the couch you've got nothing so there's no way he's gonna be able to play I just don't know how quickly they can accelerate him yep to that's get what past the development right. and everything gets lost a little bit now that he can't play and continue to grow in this Adam Gase offense and 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 come back from a game that he was a little underwhelming last weekend in in that Buffalo B- Buffalo Bills game 
And I don't know what the incubation period is either, but we do have to worry about other Jets players getting it. And what if there are Jets players who have it? I don't know when you're contagious, but maybe, you know, they could pass it to some of the Browns on Monday night if they aren't yet showing symptoms. So, you know, this is this is a situation that we need to monitor. Yeah, it came out of the blue. Sam Darnold's going to be out for at least a week. It's the Trevor Simeon show in New York. Expectations down to nothing for the Jets now. So, you know, they can be loose. They can go out and play their game on Monday night, and maybe they can knock off the Cleveland Browns. So yeah. we need to at least dress that a little bit more before we wrap it up. All good. That, uh, you're right. We did. I'm not a professional host yet by any stretch of the imagination. I do have to go, though, because i got to get a flight to Notre Dame. Okay, Let's I got keep that going. game. Oh, and, oh Notre yeah, Dame. Yeah, yeah, Notre Dame. But either way, it was a lot of fun. I hope everybody had fun. PFTPM. Mike, Mike's got a Friday mailbag PFTPM podcast coming out. That'll be cool. I do? Yes, you do. Get to work. Oh. Get ready. Okay, rate, review. That's news to me. That's this. Oh, the gold glory hole days, huh? Um, <laughs> okay, and then um, rate, review both of our podcasts, okay? There's a good – we're going to – if you re- review and write a write a question – we, I will answer it, and Mike will too at I some won't. point. It might I not won't. happen immediately. No, Mike's no. Friday mon- Friday podcast. I will be back Monday with Paul Merce, uh, Burmeister doing a Monday recap of everything that happened on Sunday. Everybody have a good weekend. PFTPM, Chris Sims on Button, joint collaboration. Hope everybody enjoy it. Fuck you, Florio. I'm out of here. See ya. Later. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.